can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Those Other Girls. I'm Bailey. And I'm Mallory. And we are changing the culture and bringing back traditional values. All right, everyone. So we're going to start off today really hot with our debate takes. (laughs) (laughs) Mallory's already laughing. What is, uh, that's not a good sign. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, um, so I had my popcorn and everything and my mom's like super cheesy and corny. So she had little popcorn (laughs) buckets and everything. So I'm excited. I'm like, okay, this will be good. Like I, this will be a good thing to happen. And I think that it'll show America like we just we need something like this. It's been a tough year, but in uh, 2020 fashion, it uh, turned out to kind of make everything worse. I feel like Um, (laughs) I think to be honest, like both of them were not at their best. I think everybody like, you know, not to be like that cheesy person, but I saw it was like nobody won tonight, but America lost and I Now, I think that's a little dramatic, but I do think everybody on both sides are disappointed in their candidate. Sorry, I was just going to jump in and say I I agree, except the only one that I thought was like super accurate was saying nobody won. And they said, that's not true. Liquor stores won. And I was like, that's (laughs) accurate. (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously, that's so funny. I bet every like I can't even imagine doing a drinking game during that because like. So I started off, I was going to do a drinking game, and then I realized that I would have to get drunk to in order to do a drinking game. And so that quickly stopped because I, I don't get drunk, but I, yeah. I did drink during the debates and it helped. It helped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it did. Like it just like from the jump. Well, first of all, it was like awkward, like funny, awkward at the beginning. So I was like, okay, this is like funny, awkward. So it'll be fine. And then it just, I mean, it was a shouty match. Um, Things were said that I thought were incredibly inappropriate um, by both kids. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, um, President Trump was, like, terrible. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. It, uh, Joe Biden was awful as well. Like, they were both not at their best. And, you know, it makes me think about in 2016. Mm-hmm. So I, okay, also, too, the other thing about me is, like, I'm definitely... I personally, the route I think works best, the route that I take is like being more calm and collected when you're debating someone in the sense that, um, cause there's, I think there's two types of debaters and I'll just use the example. There's like Candace Owens and there's Condoleezza Rice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally am more of a Condoleezza Rice and I personally think that is a little bit better for me. But you know what? At the end of the day, Candace Owens, I mean, she gets the message out and she gets people talking as well and she changes lives as well. My whole point being, and also I'm not trying to put two queens against each other. I'm just saying there's there's an obvious difference um, between their tactics. And I'm just saying that in 2016, I feel like we saw a rise of more of the Candace Owens, a little bit more in your face, a little bit more attacking policy uh the person as well as the policy and i think that um since 2016 that has just become more popular and i feel like that's all that really happened at the debate as opposed 
to attacking policy. I mean, policy was attacked, which is great. Um, President Trump mentioned the things that were going on in Russia. He mentioned he mentioned a lot of things that I'm glad he brought up. Oh, loved his answer about climate change with the trees. I thought that was really good because that's something that we really do need to work on. But there were also some attacks that I thought just were not appropriate at the end of the day. Like, I, I you know... I know there's some people who think like this is a controversial statement I'm going to say, but I'm going to stick by because I believe that um, what's right is right. I don't think that he should have said, made the comment about his son um, being a drug addict. I don't think that was appropriate. Uh, I understand the purpose behind it. I think maybe he could have been a little bit more tactful about it. Um, but once again, that's not. I wouldn't say that uh, <laughs> President Trump is the king of tact. No. Um, <laughs> that's, so and that's, I think, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. That was, I mean, for me, for from the beginning, right? This is my first time live tweeting any event ever. And so at the beginning, <laughs> there was a lot of zingers back and forth between both of them, you know? And it was, yeah. it was awesome at the beginning. And yeah, starting out, Trump, I mean, his first answer was beautiful. And then the way that he started interrupting, I thought he was just trying to get Joe Biden shaken, like ruffle his feathers and stuff, and then let him talk himself into like down a rabbit hole, which happened a couple times. But Trump kept interrupting what would have turned down to like spiraling rabbit holes. And so he kept going with that strategy. And I was okay with it for like the first segment. But after the first segment, I was like, stop interrupting. Just let Joe Biden talk because every time he talks, he digs himself his own grave. Right. And, and he lied. He straight up him. lied. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that was a very good point, too. Like when he said um, he said, oh, he doesn't support the New Green Deal. The next day, everybody pulled up his website. Joe Biden is in support of the Green well, New Deal. And even there on the debate, when they were talking about the Green New Deal, he was like, oh, I don't support the Green New Deal. I support aspects of it. And then he's like, I support the Biden plan. And then they asked him again about the Green New Deal. And he's like, well, it pays for itself. And he starts going into positives about it. And they're like, well, I thought you said you didn't support it. And he's like, no, I don't support it. And so it's like, well, then why are you praising it? You know, and so I feel like yeah. they did kind of back him into a corner on that one. But then you had Chris Wallace, who every time Joe Biden started to go down a rabbit hole would interrupt and somebody did a statistic count. Chris Wallace interrupted more than either Trump or Biden did. He interrupted, Oh, really? Yes. He interrupted so much during times that was supposed to be the candidate's free talk. And then he asked, I, I don't think he asked Joe Biden more than like one or two follow-up questions. And he, every time Trump would give an answer, Chris would ask him, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about yeah, this? Yeah, I noticed that too. And I was like, okay, that was... I was like, okay, but why? Like, he kept asking him for every single question. It was like two or three questions after that. Right. And I mean, Trump Trump did not do good. Biden did not do good. Chris Wallace did not do good. It was a horrible debate. But I think as a moderator, he definitely wasn't silent and invisible like they're supposed to be. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree. I think the whole, you know, Hunter Biden thing, he started to go after Hunter, which I get about, you know, he needs to answer the question on why Hunter Biden got those millions of dollars from Ukraine. You don't need to go into the fact that he's had a drug problem in the past. Right, right. But then Joe Biden slipped his other son in there. Like, well, I've got a great son who is honorably discharged. And it's like, is that the one we're talking about? Well, no. Okay, then why bring him into this? And then, you know, I know that his son has passed away. And so Trump didn't handle that as compassionately as he could have. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of just like ugh moments, cringe moments. Um, so also <laughs> what I think to your point, what you said just made me think of this. 
I wonder if his tactic was to come out, uh, Joe Biden's tactic was to come out as the most compassionate and kind person as he could. Because if that was the case, he certainly, like, at the end of the day, he did. He came out a lot more compassionate. He talked to the, he looked in the camera a lot, which was really annoying. I was like, okay, Hello, we get world. it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, we get it. Yes, yes, you're talking to us. Good and, morning. Like, he did Sunday that. morning. Right. <laughs> and he did that a lot. He just really came out a lot more like, I'm here for you. I want to help you. Right. And well, how many of you have lost some? How many of you have an empty air oh, because of coronavirus? Oof. That was awful. That was so, so awful. So, I mean, and that's what I think that's what frustrated me the most about the debate was that. Yeah. He came out so compassionate, and President Trump came out like he, I hate to say it, but I, I want to say it was maybe Ali Stuckey said it, but like he came out looking like a bully. Like, yeah, he did. He just like he was bullying him. That's been my fear with Trump versus Joe Biden from the beginning is that Biden is starting to look more and more like an older, senile old man with dementia. And Trump is not that. And so it does anytime even Trump gets fierce, which that's just who he is. If you watch the debate right. Hillary, if you watch him on The Apprentice, if you watch Trump in any period of his timeline in his life, he is much more like you said, the Candace Owens kind of fighter in your face about it kind of yeah. personality. And that's just always been Trump. But now putting it up against someone who is older and, you know, makes a lot of mistakes in his wording and so like he just came off as a bully Um, yeah but one thing I did want to clarify really quick when talking about how awful that comment was about how many of you have an empty chair at the table because of coronavirus you know I think I just want to clarify that at least for me I I think that it's awful not because people aren't dying of coronavirus people are dying of coronavirus but so many more people are dying because they're committing suicide. They're lonely. Yeah. They're depressed. They're having a yeah. hard time with the shutdowns, with the lockdowns, with the pandemic. Yeah. More people are dying because of coronavirus than from actually having coronavirus. And so to me, that was just not a not a good place to put it when talking about shutting down the country more because so many of you had lost someone to coronavirus because it just to me brought up the glaring numbers of people who have committed suicide and been depressed and lonely and losing their livelihoods in this pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, very, very good point. Everyone has been affected by this. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know anyone who's like, this has been the best year of my life. I (laughs) existing is so fun. I think Mm -hmm. everyone has been negatively affected and it's difficult when it's become politicized. This whole thing, like, how did this thing become so political? And I think that why I thought it was awful is because he took something that was so painful and he just tried to make it political when it really isn't political. People's lives are not political. Um, Like you said, people are dying from suicide. People are dying like um, I've actually had two family members die during this time. And my great grandma, she was 103. And I honestly think that, I mean, so she died from just like being old, but she was having a hard, like we couldn't go see her and things like that. And she was having a hard time with that. And it's just right. tiny things. Folks are, the, the nursing homes are experiencing huge waves of people passing away, not because of coronavirus, but I think it is because of loneliness. You know, they're, yeah. they're on to see their kids, to see their grandkids, to see their great grandkids, to have 
anybody come in and play board games with them, read to them, yeah. whatever it may be, and now they can't have that. And so many of them are just losing hope and the fight that they had left to stay alive. Yeah, and it's like tiny things like that. Like that is it's so much. This whole pandemic is so nuanced. I mean, what about and people that have lost jobs? Like, you know, I... And I'm not the only one. Like, I've had problems finding jobs and things like that. And I know tons of my other friends who have had problems. Like, and that's hard on your mental health, especially when you're like a planner. I mean, you know, the stuff going on with your husband, like, that's hard. And it's all directly impacted by this entire pandemic. And then to politicize it, I I can't stand it. Right. It's changed our entire life course for, for my yeah. husband and I and for so many people that I know. And I know that we could have it a lot worse. I'm not saying that we're the worst off or we came in at the worst time or the worst things in the world have happened to us. That's not true, you know, but we've had right. a tough time and it's changed our entire plan for life and our outlook on life and some of it good, some of it bad. But this pandemic is not a joke. And Uh, This morning, we were watching um, Donald Trump Jr. talking to Tucker Carlson about his dad having uh, coronavirus. So President Trump has officially been diagnosed with coronavirus along with First Lady Melania Trump. And it's crazy because he was saying, you know, they have the most rigorous just process. You know, everybody who's around him wears a mask, wears gloves, makes sure they're tested every single day. I mean, they are tested Mm -hmm. every single day for coronavirus. His whole team is tested every single day for coronavirus. Anyone who comes within six feet of the president is tested for coronavirus on a daily basis. I mean, they were so careful with him. Obviously, he's the leader of the free world. Right. And he got it. So that's to say, you know, masks, washing your hands, keeping six foot distance, not having symptoms, all of these things that we're telling people. I mean, the the president was doing that and then some and he still got it. Yep. And that and, and you know, I really sympathize with people who have gotten it. I really sympathize with people um, who have have loved ones who have gotten it. Um and I just, I think it just, I don't want to say it's random because you could definitely stop things. But like, I just, that to me, my mind is blown that he got it because if everyone is doing everything possible to stop it that they have told us, what more could he have done? Right. Like what more could the people who have been in his circle have done? Because I doubt that the like secret service, I bet they don't go home to their families. I bet they're taking, they have to take like breaks from their families to make sure that they don't, the kids don't, that went to school or the kids that went to the playground for five minutes, like, don't spread it. Right. So it's no. just like, what more could they have done? So well, it just really makes wonder, you think. Yeah. How, how effective are these lockdowns? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he is a very protected, very guarded man with the best healthcare professionals available and still got it. And so yeah. to shut down people's livelihoods, to increase suicide rates, to shut down everybody's business and close their jobs and make sure they're unemployed and don't have money. And you can still get it. You can still get it, even if the country is shut down. I mean, if you look at Sweden, they didn't shut down at all. The only the only thing that they could have really done better was closing down their nursing homes and I, I think they would have ha- handled it almost perfectly. And I think what we've done has just been a mess. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, once again, like if you are at risk, 100% do whatever needs to be done. Um, But, you know, most of us aren't even at risk and most and people that get it recover. Yeah, it's some people do not recover and some people like really suffer. But a lot of I mean, it's a 99 point something percent recovery rate. You're most people are going to be okay. Um. I was going to say, and also a lot of members of his team, or not necessarily of his team, but a lot of other um, people, Republicans, have gotten it. Uh, Tom Tillis, who is running for senator in North Carolina, vote Tom Tillis. Um, He is, um, he's gotten it as well. And I just think that's very interesting that him and Kellyanne Conway, she got it. I just think it's very interesting. And it seems like nobody really has any symptoms as well. So I find that interesting. You know, I'm not trying to, y'all know if you listen that I love a good conspiracy theory, but I just, I think that's interesting. I think it's suspicious. I'm not going to lie. So Mallory is low-key starting the conspiracy, so that's (laughs) Attributed to Mallory Finch, those other girls, follow (laughs) us on Instagram. Um, But no, seriously, I I just, I think that's interesting um, that people who got it and people who don't, like how could President Trump and Joe Biden have been in the same room together for that amount of time and not have gotten it i mean joe biden has not tested positive that's just very they were more than six feet apart so it was effective but you know and i don't know (laughs) i i don't know i'm not a doctor i think you know like you said if you are high risk i think there's a difference between allowing people to choose to stay home and not go to work and not have punishment for that versus forcing people not to go to work. You know, there's a difference in, right. in choice. If you are high risk, if you don't want to go out of your house, if you want to stay in lockdown, I think that you should be able to. It's just the everybody else, those of us who aren't at risk, who aren't at high risk, who aren't one of the people with pre-existing conditions, you know, to be able to go out into the world is kind of our choice. You know, that's our freedom. And I know people disagree with that, but... Yeah, it is interesting to see all these Republicans coming down with the with the coronavirus. Trump is now at the hospital getting treatment. He'll probably be there for what fourteen or so days in the quarantine yeah. period. Yeah, and hopefully be back up and running. Take some hydroxychloroquine and get back up yeah. and running in uh, no time. Yeah, we really need him to because we are a month away. Today's we're filming, we're recording this on October third, and we're a month away from the election. Um, and we really wow. need um, everybody at their best health, and we need everybody to be on their P's and Q's um, yes. as best as possible. Also, too, we yeah. have um, Amy Coney Barrett. We need to get her confirmed ASAP. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's we, we need everybody so at their best health. So on that note, I know that Mallory is doing a lot of work. She actually is out in D.C. for the next month up until the election mm-hmm. year. And Mallory, you've had quite a quite a trip out there so far from what I've seen from all the pictures and videos. But uh, I think the one that's most mentioned that we wanted to ask you about, talk to you about was uh, you watch someone get punched right in front of you. Is that right? Yes. Um, so, OK, the day before, um, Students for Life, amazing organization, you should really get involved. Um, they had a rally the day before to celebrate that um, Amy Co- 
Amy Coney Barrett, I want to say it so quickly. I'm just going to call her ACB, just so everybody knows, that she got the nomination to be a Supreme Court justice. So, you know, we were all excited. It was beautiful. Like, we sang praise and worship music. We prayed. Um, I had the honor of um, saying a prayer. And um, we. it was crazy because that day in D.C., there were, like, three other Christian uh, events. And this is, remember, like, we didn't know... Um, RGB was going to die. All of the, so it was all these Christians there and it was just, I don't know. It was just like really beautiful to see everybody like cheering and happy and excited. And then the next day is the day we went to the counter protest. So the other side, um, people who are pro-abortion and people who are, you know, anti-constitution, they, um, had an anti-protest. So we went there and it was my first time ever going to anything like that. Like I've been to like all of the like positive, happy, uplifting stuff. So I, I (laughs) was, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so we're there and we have our, you know, signs and everything and like we're chanting and people are like really paying attention, which, you know, which is good. Like that's what we want. We want people to hear. We want to make a presence. That's the purpose of it. So Real anyway, quick, so I was, were, what were you chanting just so that everybody knows that it wasn't oh, like a crazy <laughs> good point. Good point. We were saying we are the pro-life generation, stuff like that. And like, um, believe pro-life women. What else do we say? We said we are the pro-life. We said that a lot. We are the pro-life generation, believe pro-life women, um, confirm Amy, um, Barrett, things like that. Like we were just like saying, we were screaming that while they were doing their whole like, yeah, and we hate um, America. And I mean, I'm being dramatic. They didn't straight up say we hate America, but like one of the ladies said something like, um, we're trying to take down these systems that are against us and all these different really outlandish um, over-exaggerations of things. And we were like countering that. And mm-hmm. what was also pretty cool too was like we would pa- like people would pass us and sometimes they'd give us like a thumbs up. Like people just in their cars driving by would give us like a thumbs mm-hmm. up. Um and then like we had this girl who came and like started like dancing like inappropriately. If you go on my Facebook, mm-hmm. you can, or if you go on Students for Life Actions Facebook, you can see it too. Um she was like dancing inappropriately and then the, her friends were like hyping her up. And my first thought was like, oh my gosh, this is like a scene from Twitter. Like you see stuff like this on Twitter. I feel like you don't like in my head there's like Twitter world and then there's like real life. So it was just weird <laughs> to have them come together. But anyway, so I'm standing next to um, this girl and she has a sign that says something about feminist. Like, I think it was like, I can't believe feminists are protesting a woman or something like that. And um, this lady comes up to her. She's like super angry and it's like, like, it's like, I just want to have a, it starts off. She's like, I just want to have a conversation with you. And she's like saying stuff to um, my friend and everything. So she's like saying stuff to my friend and everything. And then my friend mouth closed up, not saying anything. And then all of a sudden the girl like punches her, like punches her and pulls down her mask. And I was like, wait, what, what just happened? And it was like the, I've never seen anything like it. So she did that. And then she like ran away. So then it was just like shocking. And my friend obviously was like shocked and everything. And I was shocked because I was like, I, I just, wait, what? Like, that was my first, I guess. Punched while you were out yeah. There. Yeah. That was just never, that never crossed my mind. So, you know, we found a police officer and she told the police officer what happened and everything in there. Um, I think they found the girl because at first she like ran away and it was so crazy because a lot of people, like, I don't think they got like the actual punch on camera, but I think they got mm-hmm. like, the girl walking away on camera. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but 
so yeah so like it was just like wow this is serious like this is people are and you know realistically we should I should have kind of sort of expected that in the sense of like the times that we are in um this isn't Mm -hmm. um you know, this isn't our grandparents' age where, like, even if you disagreed, you were still very civil to your neighbor. Like, even if your neighbor was a Satanist, they just, well, maybe not a Satanist, but if your uh, neighbor was an atheist, they still respected you. They might even come with you to church, and now it's not like that at all. So, realistically, I should have expected that, but it was it was crazy. Um, but honestly, too, like, it really lit a fire under me, I feel like, because I just... That's one thing I don't understand um, because one of my posts on Instagram, Bailey, you saw, has been getting a lot of, like, um, randos commenting. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. So many random weird comments. Yeah. And crazy people. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, in my head, I'm like, I don't think you guys know what you're – like, you're honestly making me want to fight even harder. I don't know. Like, if if that's your goal, you should probably stop. Like, (laughs) you're making me want to fight even harder. And I think that um, that's what seeing her get punched kind of did, too. I was like, okay, this is – and also, it makes me also feel justified in what I'm doing because nobody on our side is punching people. Nobody on our side is going on random people's posts and commenting, like, mean and evil things. So, I mean, it's like, let's be, who's in the right? But here's the other thing, too. Just a side note on that. Um, if you believe that morality is subjective, they wouldn't know that they're in the wrong. They would just think that they're right, no matter what they do, um, because their morality is off. So that's just a side note I just thought of. Um, but, yeah, so that's what happened. Um, so I'm back in D.C. now for a month with the same organization, um, and we're doing some really cool things that um i can't really share yet but if you follow my instagram and if you follow our instagram because i'll try to post on both at all times you'll be able to see and also too like if you just a side note as well if you want to get involved please reach out because we have a few um the organization i'm with has a few opportunities if you can help um in the pro-life movement as well so yeah that's dc yeah well, I mean, we've I've really enjoyed watching your uh, your journey out there. It's been it's been pretty crazy. Um, we've definitely I've missed having you here in Charlotte. We haven't recorded in person in a long time, so I know. And I still have your birthday present. I thought about that when I left. <laughs> I was like, huh, I need to get her her birthday present somehow. All good, girl. It'll be here when you get back. I'm not I'm not worried. You're doing some great work out there. Um, and I actually got another treat last night. So something I never thought that I would see again, or at least that's what my <laughs> husband said last night. I thought he was being dramatic. He always tells me I'm dramatic. And then yesterday he's posting on his Instagram, something I never thought I'd see again. We went to the Men are theater. so dramatic. <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. Okay. So we what movie did you see? went to the movie theater, sat down, we got popcorn, drinks, the whole the whole nine yards, everything was open again. It was wonderful. And we saw um, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Okay. And can you tell us, oh, actually first, <laughs> tell us your initial thought. Like when you walked out of the movie, since it's a Christopher Nolan movie, what was your first thought? What the heck did I just watch? <laughs> okay um so and that was honestly my reaction through probably the first i don't know hour and a half <laughs> just what's happening what's happening what's happening 
And I still, my husband and I have spent hours at this point after seeing it. We saw it yesterday, last night at 5 p.m. It's now 1.48 on Saturday. We've had probably two or three hours worth of discussion. And I still don't know exactly what happened or why. It it was definitely a Christopher Nolan film. I mean, it's a it's a thinker. My problem is, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with movies that you really have to think on. And, you know, he gets very involved in the quantum physics and time travel and all of that, which is cool. My problem is that you have no real emotional connection to the the people in the movie. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, here's some people and they're doing this stuff. But we're not really going to tell you who who they are. They're not going to have a background. They're not going to have an emotional life story. You know, there's just there's just nothing realistic to me. It's just kind of like, okay, so these are people and they're trying not to die. That's cool. But I'm not like emotionally invested in their lives. And so if they did die, I'd kind of be like, wow, I can't believe they killed off the main character of that movie. That's weird. But I wouldn't, <laughs> feel, you know, I wouldn't like it's just not emotional. You're not connected to them. So I don't know. That's kind of my critique of of his movies. Um, and like, I don't know. Interstellar was different because like, you know, you had the background. You had the kid. That Wait, I've never seen movie. Interstellar. I've never seen. So careful. careful well, I won't careful. give too many. I won't give too many spoilers. And OK, OK. It's been out for forever. So see it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need to see it. I need to see it. <laughs> but I'm just saying he ha- you know, he has emotional connections. He has ties back home. He has a whole reason that he's doing this. And so it makes a lot more sense. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this can't happen. No, don't let that happen. Like, you're much more invested. And this one, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, so you're a guy. That's cool. Okay, so you're a girl. That's that's cool. Like, there's just not any meat to it. So I don't know. It wasn't my favorite movie I've ever seen. You definitely have to think on it. It's It's definitely Christopher Nolan. So if you're into that, great. You'll probably love it. If you're an emotional, romantic movie goer like myself you'll probably spend two hours staring at a screen going what the heck (laughs) but I will say my husband is very smart very into Christopher Nolan movies loves the actual thought thinking through movies like thought-provoking movies and even he is still trying to figure out exactly what happened oh and the other critique sorry no no tell us the other critique that I had on it was that movies and this has been a complaint for a long time but this was probably the worst movie that I've seen in terms of sound mixing so the dialogue Hmm. was so quiet that Ryan and I both were like we need subtitles I can't understand really I mean a couple a couple characters had accents and that made it hard but even the people who spoke perfect English I could barely hear what they were saying especially in important scenes and then the action scenes And I'm not just talking, I mean, the bullets were like ear breaking. Like I literally felt like my ears were breaking down bombs and explosions. I get all that. Okay, cool. Make them loud. But even when the guys would get like punched in the nose or like hit in the stomach, the sound was so loud that it was just like deafening, but then you couldn't hear them talk. And it was like, if you were witnessing a fight, like I'm sure that girl getting punched in front of you, like it doesn't make a sound like, you know, like yeah. the whole world doesn't explode when someone gets punched. Like it was so weird that they had the sound so turned up for the action scenes. And then you could barely understand a word that the characters were saying. So Ryan has said he wants to see it again with subtitles so that he can actually try and follow the storyline because I think you missed like 80% of the dialogue. 
So just thought of this. I honestly don't understand what the movie's about, so I could be wrong. But what if that's part of the movie? What if the movie was trying to um, make you think about those things differently than you normally would? No. No? Okay. I was just possibly throwing that out there. Yeah, no, it's 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 just bad sound. Yeah, it's just bad sound mixing. And I've seen it because, okay, so we thought maybe the movie just had, like, the sound cranked and so the action scenes were just, like, hurting our ears. But then there were lots of quiet parts where it was just people talking. And they weren't, like, whisper. I mean, they were just talking like you and me talking now. But it was, like, talking like this. And so you're like, okay, I think that I'm catching everything that's being said. I'm not quite sure, but I think I'm getting it. And then the action scenes were like this, where everything was really loud and exploding and crazy. And it was just like, why? Why are you doing this to me? That's very interesting. I don't like really loud movies. And I also don't like when movies are super dark. And I don't mean like dark content. I mean, like, I can't see what's going on. Like, when seeing... One scene is my max. Like, if you have to be, like, down in a sewer or something and it's got to be dark, whatever. But if it's the whole movie and I can barely see what's happening, you've lost me. Yeah, that's (laughs) my biggest problem with, like, DC movies in general um, is that they are just, they're dark. Like, and I saw a post, someone said that, and I was like, that's it. That's the biggest difference. Like, somehow um, they make, like... And I mean, I don't know how to, you're right. If you're in a sewer, realistically, there's no light bulbs in sewers, but there has to be something else to do. Because if I can't see it, I'm not invested. And Christopher Nolan, I like his movies a lot. Um, Well, I say that uh, Batman The Dark Knight is my favorite um, movie. So I, I go between Batman The Dark Knight and Princess Diaries as my favorite movies ever. But Batman The Dark Knight is in the top five. Oh, man. I know, weird, right? I've never seen Dark Knight, and every I've I've tried, I've attempted. Oh man, I'm gonna get lynched for saying this, but yeah, I've everybody, attempted, let's make fun of her. Go ahead. Yeah, I've attempted <laughs> to watch Princess Bride at least ten times in my life, and there has never been a time that I've attempted to watch Princess Bride and not fallen asleep. Okay, so i said prince did you i said princess diaries and princess bride i'll give you is boring like okay i'll say it i I agree with you on princess Princess diaries okay never mind i take that back i take it all back princess diaries is amazing live forever (laughs) we're good no but like on your note about princess bride though i've never sat through the whole thing either it's not it doesn't interest me but princess diaries love it husband that loves that movie and i'm just like how (laughs) yeah a lot of people like it and i'm just not the biggest fan princess diaries though i think i thought that would happen to me i think that's why i liked it but whatever go ahead (laughs) but speaking on movies that mallory really likes oh yeah mary kate and ashley okay (laughs) so (laughs) growing up mary kate and ashley was like a part of my childhood and it blows my mind that it wasn't a part of some people's childhood. The other day I shared this post and we'll put it in the stories. Um, and then if you, if you grew up with Mary Kay and Ashley, like let us know. But the other day I shared in my stories and it was like, I want to say it was like 16 different Mary Kay and Ashley movies. I'm like smiling, thinking about it. And I was like, Oh, which one's your favorite comment, your favorite. Um, and 
I was texting Bailey. I was like, oh, this will be fun to do. We can talk about like our top three favorite. There's so many. And Bailey's like, I have never seen a Mary Kay and Ashley movie. And that's just so hard for me to understand. That's just so hard for me to understand um, because they're so integral to my development as a human being that um, not seeing America, like I just, it's, it's wild. I even read their little like detective novels and they had detective books that were like really realistic. I guess they were, I mean, I want to say they were dumb, but at the time I thought they were like the pinnacle of like writing. Um, But they were, and it would be like stuff like, um, I want to say, like, someone was taking the gum from something, you know, just silly little detective stuff. I love that. And, like, um, going to grandmother's house, I had that on VHS, watched that so many times, and winning London. So I was thinking about that. And then, sorry, after this, we can talk about, um, like, something else. But (laughs) I was thinking about winning London. So that's about them going to uh, do a debate. Uh, in London, obviously. And like, as you know, the 25 year old I am, I really like debating and I really like um, having discussions and things like that. And that's like kind of what the movie is sort of about. I mean, obviously they end up with men at the end because, you know, when you're in high school, that's all you really cared about. But um, I just think about like how that was my favorite movie growing up and like, look where I am now. Like, I love that type of stuff. Um, So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, so yeah. I guess everybody needs to let us know, was Mary-Kate and Ashley a huge part of your childhood? Am <laughs> I crazy? Is Mallory crazy? Um, is it the two years? Because she's two years older than I am. So is it the two years in between us? Anyone born post-95 or pre-95? Do you have a different opinion on Mary-Kate and Ashley? Let us know, because I'm really curious. Because for me, like, the Lizzie McGuire movie, not the TV show, just the movie, was iconic for me growing up. That was um, a good one. Zoe 101, Drake and Josh. Those were all the shows that I watched. Uh, like, I loved The Parent Trap with, um, what's her name? Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, thank you. Yes, classic, I loved classic. that movie. But yeah, Mary-Kate and Ashley, I just was never into them. I wonder, I mean, looking back, I guess it, it really could be the two-year difference because they were coming, like, I'm 94, and they were finishing up, I feel like, by the time I was alive because New York Minute that I think that was their last like major big movie and that came out when I was in middle school maybe and that was kind of like saucy anyway because at one point I think one of them is like in a towel like they never show anything but like she's in a towel um and like okay wait since we're talking about there's like this scene that's so funny to me um so one of them is like super smart and is receiving an award and the other isn't and the one that's not smart is pretending to be the one that's smart to like help her get the award or something and she goes up there and she's like um well um like the great um song Tris says why do you have to go and make things so complicated (laughs) i see the way you're acting like the way you're somebody else it gets me frustrated um, and then she says something else, and then she goes, "Yes, the uh, song, uh, the writer Albert Avril Lavigne Steen." And it's just like the, to me that was, I like re- rewind that and just like crack up every single time. <laughs> yeah, I was looking, I was looking them up, and yeah, New York Minute was two thousand four, but most everything prior to that was, I mean, the latest was two thousand one. When in Rome was two thousand two. So most of them were, yeah, I feel like 
I feel like maybe it is the two years difference or maybe because you grew up on the East Coast, I grew up on the West Coast. Maybe it wasn't as much of a West Coast thing. I don't know. Cultures are so different everywhere. I have no idea. That is so My true. family and friends, if it was our, our culture on the West Coast, if it was just our age difference, I don't know. But it's so funny that something that was so big to you was non-existent in my world. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, well, everybody yeah. let us know where you stand on Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, pray for the president and his wife as they deal with their coronavirus and uh, along with everybody else who's who's getting diagnosed. Let us, yeah, let us all pray for them. Yes. Um, and thank you, guys. And also, too, just a side note, I just thought of this. We will, we pray for you guys, too. Um and we just hope that you guys are staying safe and this is a trying time as well. I'm sure you guys are going through different things as well. So we'll continue to pray for y'all too. Yeah. And if you have any specific prayer requests, let us know. We'd be happy to get a little bit more specific in our prayers, but we do pray for all of our listeners that we help uh, brighten up your day and make it a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.